At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. to understand what's going to happen because as some of our other guests have said is they said the next 20 years will not be like the past 20 years that everything's about to come unraveled and so our guest today is David Stockman the reason David Stockman is so important is because he has a unique view on what's going on in the world economy and he was President Reagan's budget director but he also worked on Wall Street for Solomon Brothers and an early partner in BlackRock, very prestigious Wall Street firms. So the question is, what's going on in Washington and Wall Street? And that's why I want you to listen to this program because very few people ever have that, you know, cat, catbird seat on the world right now. Any comments, Kim? No, I'm very excited about the show. Um, David Stockman, we've had on before, and he's the author of The Great Deformation, The Corruption of Capitalism in America, which was very disturbing to me um, because it really opened my eyes to some of the things that I had no idea what was going on because of his background and because of where he comes from. Um, his new book, very, very timely, it's all about the election, and his new book is called Trumped. A Nation on the Brink of Ruin and How to Bring It Back. It was just released, called Trump. And what I love about this book, he's not, he's not adoring Trump. He's just giving it very black and white facts based on his experience and his knowledge on what the, what the election really is about. So I'm excited. This is going to be a different point of view than I think a lot of you uh, are aware of. So stay tuned. But it's really about how Washington, D.C., Wall Street have basically screwed Americans, the people of America, but also the world. So it's more than just Donald Trump or Hillary. It's about what's really going on in Washington and Wall Street. So welcome to the program, Mr. Stockman. Very happy to be with you. After a long career, 40 years, half of it on Wall Street, half of it on Washington, I probably had a unique perspective, not that I'm necessarily more insightful or wiser than anyone else, but it was a unique uh, experience, a, a unique history in a time that really was uncharted in terms of what happened in Washington, what happened in Wall Street, ending in the uh, great crash in 2008 and uh, the big recession and everything that's happened since. So, yes, and, and I ask you this permission before we came on is that I thought it very interesting with all your academic and, you know, edu- and economic background, you still went to the Harvard School of Divinity. And I have right. a question to you, how much did that affect you in a thing called the willingness to speak the truth? 
<laughs> well, you know, I think it uh, affected me a lot because essentially I was there in 1968. I was there because I got a deferment from the draft. I had no interest in going to McNamara's war in Southeast Asia. I was actually uh, a radical uh, anti-war protester. And you could get a deferment, and I was interested in history and philosophy and theology anyway, so I spent two years hiding out. I've never denied that. But in the process, I became even more resolved in my interest uh, on these big questions about you know how societies function, how economies work, how governments uh, uh, misuse uh, their uh, mandate uh, from the electorate and many things uh, along those lines. And when it was over, I uh, got a, a chance to go to Washington and uh, actually practice what I was uh, trying to preach, and uh, the rest was history, as they say. Right, and that's where you and I are um, brothers, but on opposite sides. Was you know, I went to military school, and then I volunteered for Vietnam, and that's why I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, and okay. And I think what you've been trying to say to us in your great deformation on your new book, Trump, is how much we're lied to. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's a big part of it. And, and that's why um, the book, as uh, you have said, is not a testimonial in any way for the Trump candidacy or even his platform, because a lot of it's kind of hard to figure out what it really means. It's more sound bites and slogans. But it is an indictment of 30 years of misrule by the Washington Wall Street elites, as I call them, that has gotten us in destructive wars all over the world for no purpose, that has fueled a massive growth of debt in the United States. And I lay some of that out. We're $64 trillion of debt today, public and private, household, business, and government compared to less than $10 trillion in the late 1980s, so that's just some measure of it. But most importantly, it, it unleashed, they have unleashed what I call a rogue central bank that has basically taken over the entire uh, financial system, turned Wall Street into a huge uh, gambling casino, resulted in massive inflation of uh, stock and bond prices, windfall gains for a very narrow slice of the population and a huge amount of pain and loss in what I call uh, flyover America, the zones in between uh, the bicoastal uh, uh, slivers of prosperity. And so the reason I structured the book the way I did, entitled it Trump, is that I believe the Trump candidacy represents, um, you know, the revolt finally of the people who have left, been left behind this uh, false prosperity, the people who have been left behind all over America. I use a couple of figures in the book to document that, but let me just tick off a couple and then we can uh, go forward with the discussion. Number one, if you look at real net worth after inflation, and I use a accurate measure of inflation that we can talk about, the bottom 90% of American households have no more net worth today properly uh, adjusted for inflation than they had in 1987. So for three decades, most of America, 90% has gone nowhere. 
the top 1% are 300% above where they started in real terms, and the Forbes 400 are a thousand percent above where they started in inflation-adjusted terms. My argument is not some left-wing version of Krugman or Professor Piketty, uh, as you remember from that book a couple years ago, but it's a statement that we don't have honest free market capitalism anymore. We have casino capitalism that has been uh, basically deformed uh, by the Federal Reserve and the policies that have come out of Washington, and that it has created a false uh, Wall Street-based prosperity that uh, is uh, very unsustainable and reaching a danger point in terms of the next uh, big, uh, you know, implosion that we're going to be facing. So, so let me, so let me uh, read a quote from your book, Trump. And I want to say again that this is not about Donald Trump or Hillary, although it's an indictment of the system. From his book, Trump, it says, In a word, the U.S. economy is a ticking time bomb. Main Street economics and Wall Street finance have become radically and dangerously disconnected owing to a reckless falsification of financial markets by the Fed and Washington's addictions to endless deficits and crony capitalism, bailouts and boodle. There is not a remote chance, chance that this toxic brute can be sustained much longer. What are you saying with the, in that statement? Well, I'm saying that uh, when you hold interest rates at 0% for 94 months, you are inviting massive speculation and the generation of huge bubbles in every financial market, stocks, bonds, derivatives, real estate, and that all bubbles, when they reach uh, an unsustainable asymptote, let's say, uh, eventually explode, and then we get uh, the disaster we had in 2008, 2009, or after the dot-com bust, at the beginning of this century. So So that's the first thing. You're saying something is coming. I'm saying it's coming, and this is uh, the third time won't be the charm, (laughs) to use the phrase. In other words, uh, we had a false boom in the 90s, the so-called dot-com tech bubble. It busted Greenspan then, immediately uh, turned on the uh, fire hoses and created uh, the housing bubble, and that uh, allegedly solved everything until it reached a peak and then crashed. And then we had Bernanke, who uh, basically went berserk after (laughs) Lehman Brothers. He did. I mean, after Lehman Brothers failed, and I I think people need to know these basic facts because when you put them in context, it's really startling. He created uh, $900 billion of new uh, credit in seven weeks after Lehman failed. And that $900 billion of credit, which was just uh, created by uh, hitting the uh, send button on his computers, was equal to all of the balance sheet created by the Federal Reserve in the first 94 years of its history. He did the same thing in seven weeks, and then he doubled it again in 13 weeks. So what I'm saying is that instead of cleaning up the huge uh, mess that eventually, um, you know, imploded in uh, late 2008, 
they simply doubled down and went to even more radical extreme uh, monetary policies that have now created the biggest bubble in world history. There are a lot of ways to see it, and it's not just here, but it's been... Uh, all over the world. All over the world. And one good measure right now is the <laughs> absurdity, really, that there's $13 trillion of government debt in the world that's trading at sub-zero rates. Oh. In other words, governments... Uh, uh, who love to borrow <laughs> are being paid to borrow by a uh, bond market that has been so deformed and distorted by central banks that uh, yields have been pushed uh, into uh, the negative territory. Once again, I was speaking to David Stockman. I'll just tell you again who he is. He was former President Reagan's budget director, which was on Washington's side, but he's also been on the Wall Street side with Solomon Brothers and BlackRock. So so Davis Tuckman has a unique view on the world. But as I said, he went to Harvard Divinity School, which gives him a conscience, hopefully. And his book, his new book is called Trumped. But what David talks about, which I really love because I was I went to the war site, he says America is now a warfare state and a welfare state. And he has this to say about Hillary. And this is from his book, Trump. After all, Hillary the Hawk has never seen a war she didn't embrace, including Bosnia, Kosovo, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Yemen, and the Ukraine. So again, we our guest today is David Stockman. Once again, he was Ronald Reagan's budget director. He also worked on Wall Street for Solomon Brothers as well as Blackstone. So David has a unique perspective on Wall Street and Washington. And so his first book that I read was The Great Deformation. And now his latest book, which just, just came out, is called Trump. But it's really not about Trump or Hillary. It's about how 90% of America is being screwed by Washington and what David calls a political elite. And so that's what today's program is about. And we left the program. We talked about how America has become a warfare state and a welfare state. And I love it when, again, I'm not Republican or Democrat. But after all, he says, after all, Hillary the Hawk has never seen a war she didn't embrace, including Bosnia, Kosovo, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Yemen, and the Ukraine. Any comments, Kim? Also, David wrote in his book, and, and why I like the, the title Trumped, he said, but a nation that has been trumped is a people coming back to life. Americans don't want to take it anymore. Instead, they want their existing rulers to take a permanent hike. That's a damn good start, and it is the outlaw campaign of Donald J. Trump that has finally lit the flame of rebellion. So it's whether he gets elected or not, he has made an impact. And so talking about Hillary the Hawk and Trump, who has lit this flame of rebellion, let me start, David. What happens if... Hillary gets elected, and what's it look like if Donald gets elected? Well, those are big questions. Let's start with the first one. Uh, obviously, it's more of the same. She is the incumbent 30-year establishment candidate. At least that part of it the other night in the debate, Trump got right. And if we're talking about uh, Hillary the hawk and that whole foreign policy warfare state dimension, which is one of the three evils coming out of what I call 
the imperial city. The other is massive public debt that we're going to be uh, drowning in any day. And the third is the bubble finance of the Fed. But let's go uh, to the, uh, you know, uh, warfare state side. We have had war after war since 1991 that basically was driven by the needs of the military-industrial complex and the whole apparatus of foreign policy and security policy that's uh, rooted in the imperial city, as I call Washington, based on theories of exceptionalism and theories that we have a responsibility to be the policeman and peacekeeper of the world that, one, are invalid, and second, are impossible to implement, and third, have cost us trillions in wasted money, not to say the millions of veterans who have been, uh, you know, injured for life as a result of this or who have given their life in these uh, feudal wars. On, on both sides, and look at the immigrants who are just fleeing everywhere now. Yeah, so, uh, and because of the mess. I so, mean, there, there was no reason for us to get involved in the Persian Gulf. That is an area that the Shia and the Sunni uh, sects of the Islamic divide have been uh, contending over and struggling with each other since uh, 670 A.D. We had no reason to uh, invade uh, Iraq the first time and put all those soldiers in Saudi Arabia, which only stirred up the jihadists. We had no reason to put the no-fly zone on... uh, 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 Iraq, you know, during the 90s when Bill Clinton was in office, and we had obviously no reason uh, to invade Iraq uh, in 2003. So let, so let, let, me, let me read a quote from your book, Trump. It says, needless to say, the worst of imperial Washington's sins and crimes, and crimes is its arrogant pretension that America is morally exceptional and therefore functions as the great indispensable nation on the world stage. In fact, the American imperium or imperialism has been a bloody failure from Vietnam through Central America, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and now Libya for the second time and countless other efforts. So what you're saying here is that they didn't listen to a a great president named Eisenhower about the military-industrial complex. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, the point I make in the book, and this is about one-third of the book, because uh, I learned the hard way in in the 1980s when I was Reagan's budget director, that when you have this massive defense budget and this uh, military-industrial complex that just absorbs uh, fiscal resources, it is almost impossible to get the politicians to focus on cutting back domestic spending, entitlements, and the welfare state. So the two kind of feed each other. You get a bigger welfare state, the more you have a warfare state, and you end up with a country uh, that is uh, grounding in debt uh, and going bankrupt. Now, but, do, but, but doesn't that happen every time a country or nation becomes the imperial power? Sure. Yeah, and that's why I call it the imperial city. This is like imperial Rome. The people in Washington are so out of touch with flyover America 
uh, people in Flyover America have, and that's you know the region between the coasts, have no uh, interest uh, in taking sides between Assad, uh, the government in Damascus, and the so-called rebels uh, who are trying to overthrow him. So, they uh, don't uh, obviously approve in any way, shape, or form the medieval butchers who are running ISIS. But the question, and I think Trump. Trump raised it correctly, is how did ISIS uh, come about? And the answer is, we created power vacuums by destroying Syria for all practical purposes, destroying uh, the government of Iraq. We then armed uh, various uh, rebel forces or factions of these societies, uh, and before we knew it, all the arms that we supplied uh, had either been sold or uh, defected to the other side. So the the point, I I think the really important point is ISIS has been able to conquer as much territory as it has because when it took Mosul, it picked up 2,300 Humvee vehicles that the U.S. Army left behind. It picked up massive amounts of munitions and artillery, even some tanks. And Hillary the Hawk says nothing about this. So once yeah. again, we have uh, this is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Our guest today is David Stockman, author of, of The Great Deformation, and his latest book is called Trump, but it's really not about Trump. It's about really the battle that's going on in America today between the warfare state and the military state, so please pay attention. I'd like to read another quote from Trump. To the contrary, America's faltering economy was caused by the policy machinations of Washington, D.C. What do you mean by that? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot there, but uh, let's go back to Hillary the Hawk because I think it gets uh, at what I'm talking about. Why in the world were we in Libya trying to throw out Gaddafi when he'd already given up his nuclear weapons? The country was safe. It was exporting oil. Uh, and there was not a jihadist anywhere uh, on the desert of Libya from north to south, east or west. It's because Hillary decided that regime change was necessary uh, as part of this whole Arab Spring. Obama even (laughs) didn't want to uh, uh, begin the bombing, the intervention. She uh, pestered and pestered along with some of her uh, posse in the uh, administration, and finally got him to do it. Before long, Gaddafi was strung up and brutally uh, uh, ended his life. And what did she say in a TV interview that I saw shortly after that? Everyone should get this YouTube and watch it. She sits there giggling, practically, being interviewed on 60 Minutes, and says, uh, and was asked, well, what about Libya? And she says, well, we came, we saw, he died. Now, that sounds like a Roman proconsul, you know, from 200 A.D., uh, the, the, the arrogance of it. And uh, yet uh, she thinks uh, that that kind of interventionist uh, foreign policy is exactly what we need. And she's the one that's uh, been behind uh, this unnecessary confrontation over the Ukraine and with Putin. We don't have to go into all the details, but my point is uh, very simple. Russia is a third-rate economy uh, that is barely uh, staying on its feet. 
it has uh, no significant military threat to the United States whatsoever. We spend in two weeks in our massive defense budget the entire annual budget of the Russian military. And if you really think about it, to hear Hillary saying that we have to arm the Ukrainian government against uh, their own population, because, you know, half of the country is Ukrainian, half it's Russian, they're having a civil war, it's none of our business. But uh, she's uh, pushing this intervention. I have never seen a guy being taken apart by Hillary. It is just disgusting. And I'll say it again, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I am just disgusted. Any comments, Kim? Well, I'd like to I'd like to follow up about what the world looks like and what does the U.S. look like if Trump gets elected? Because, as you say, David, his appeal is rooted in the the slogan that America that we aren't winning anymore and people are fed up and they're not winning personally anymore. So, what does it look like if Trump gets elected? As best you can see. You know, I think it's a big, wide open question, but I'm confident of this that it won't be more of the same. Maybe some new thoughts will be injected into the Washington process. Maybe some new people will arrive to help him run the government in the imperial city that are not wedded to all of the myths and errors and mistakes well, and arrogances of the past. So well, he's taken, on, he's taken on everybody. He's taken yeah. on, what's his name, Romney, the yeah. Bushes, yeah. Uh, what's his name, uh, McCain. Oh, McCain, yes. And, and he's taken on women. He's taken on the Pope. Do you think he'll take he's, on the Fed? Yes, he, I, I, and that's the, the three points I was going to make. One, someone has to stop the Fed. It's out of control. It has taken over the entire financial system. It's creating, but it's it's destroying savers. How can you? Uh, I use the example in my book of someone who worked a whole lifetime, forty years, uh, didn't have a high standard of living, scrimped and saved, and put his money away, ended up with $250,000 in a bank account, today is earning on interest the pitiful equivalent of one Starbucks cappuccino a day. That's what the Fed is doing. The Fed is inflating, trying to inflate the economy with this 2% inflation idiocy. That only makes our wages and costs higher, makes us less competitive with the rest of the world, causes us to have more jobs offshored, and it causes workers who are uh, not experiencing any increase in their paycheck to so get further, so, you, further behind. So, 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 let me bring up one but, more thing that you mentioned in your yeah. book, Trump. It says, finally, the taxpayers of flyover America, those are the people between Washington and San Francisco. Right. The flyover America are already heavily burdened, yet they have not yet begun to feel the pain. Massive tax increases that will soon be required to fund the warfare state and welfare state excesses of the ruling elite. And once again, I want to introduce our guest today is David Stockman. His book, The Great Deformation, Ruined My Life. I loved it. His new book, Trumped, and David Stockman has a unique perspective on the world, first being in Washington with Ronald Reagan as Ronald Reagan's budget director, and then on Wall Street with Solomon Brothers as well as BlackRock. So his latest book is Trump, and this is for all of the people, not just in America. This affects all the world because the great U.S. Fed 
has affected the whole world. I mean, look at Deutsche Bank's in trouble. The Swiss right. banks are in trouble right now. Italy is about to go with joint grace. I mean, we can't ask for anything right now. So for people listening who are overseas saying, well, that's America's problem, it ain't. It's everybody's problem. You know, and the quote that you gave was in the context of talking about the public debt, which is out of control, and I have some angle on this. When I was budget director, uh, within a few days, we had to face the trillion-dollar debt limit for the first time in our history. In other words, it had taken us more than two centuries to get there. In the next 28 years, the debt, uh, public debt went from $1 trillion to $10 trillion when Obama was sworn in. During the course of Obama's term, he's taken it to $20 trillion in eight years. And I lay out in the book, there is such massive built-in deficit spending from entitlements and this massive, uh, you know, warfare state machine that I talk about that will add another $15 trillion if something isn't done in a drastic way in the next decade or roughly by the time uh, another two terms have elapsed. Now, that means you would be at $35 trillion of public debt on an economy that maybe is 20, 22 trillion by that time, 150% debt to GDP, this nearly the same level as Greece today or Italy that you happen to just mention. So that is where we're heading. I think the people of Flyover America know this can't last, and they're desperately looking for someone who will at least acknowledge the problem. And I give Trump that much credit. He said, we got a $20 trillion debt, and the thing is growing by leaps and bounds. It has to be addressed. Do you, do you think Trump, because the, the big issue for middle America and the flyover America is jobs and the economy. Can, can Donald create jobs? And the other way Hillary talks about is, oh, the way we're going to save middle class is by raising minimum wage. Well, uh, if you raise the minimum wage, you're simply going to destroy jobs, particularly in today's era of rapidly advancing robotic technology. If you want to get rid of all the, you know, half of the restaurant jobs and similar low-skill entry-level jobs in America, which are mostly what we've been creating uh, over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, raise the minimum wage drastically, and you will cause uh, robots and capital to be substituted. Well, even McDonald's is creating kiosks yeah. to replace employees because they're afraid of raising the minimum wage. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, I mean, that's a non-starter. That's just typical, uh, you know, uh, Washington playbook uh, from the labor uh, side of the equation. Trump, at least, may try something new. And on the whole warfare state defense budget side, I, I have some hope. He has at least said we can't be the world's policemen. He's yes. at least said the rest of the world needs to pay its fair share. He said that we have had one war after another that was a mistake, and he's talked about Iraq. He's talked about Libya and all the rest. And he's also said, I want to go and make a deal with Putin. I don't want to have another Cold War and an even further defense buildup and an even more dangerous confrontation. So, so let me let me let me ask, get back to this. Why is why you know like and you also in your book talked about empty suits, Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon. A question: Why is the media so against Donald? 
instead of going after issues that people care about and fly over America, like jobs, like immigration, uh, like Obamacare and the disaster it's causing for uh, the cost of health care and health insurance, you have to assume that uh, Main Street media, and by this I mean the Washington Post, New York Times, uh, CBS, uh, CNN, uh, and so forth, um, are determined to perpetuate the status quo because that's what their access is based on. That's what, you know, their uh, investment of time and networking and all the rest of it is based on. But the funny thing is uh, most of Flyover America has no, uh, you know, confidence in the mainstream media at all. And one of the reasons I think Trump is doing so well is that he takes on the mainstream media uh, frontally, aggressively, uh, and uh, I think it resonates uh, with the public. But I what, what, let, me, let me ask you this: Hillary is nailing him on this. He called Miss Universe Miss Piggy or something like that. How much does Main Street America care that he called a woman Miss Piggy? I mean, no, it's stupid, very stupid and inhumane to say what he's or insensitive yeah. to go into well, the personality that, but, and the temperament and all of that. On top of that, she was Latina. Well, you know, uh, allegedly this was said 15 or 20 years ago. It's all very murky whether he said it or someone said that he said it or they overheard him or whether it was hearsay. But the point is that's the kind of misdirection that the media wants to get involved in. They don't want to deal with the question of war and peace. They don't want to deal with the question of a rogue Fed that uh, Trump uh, has uh, pinpointed. They don't want to deal with the question that all the prosperity has gone to a couple percent of the population and most of the country is suffering. They would rather deal with uh, what I call identity politics and uh, these uh, preoccupations of the media elites that uh, aren't really uh, that important in the scheme of things. Okay, so let me, let me ask you this, all right? What, sure. Why doesn't Trump go after Hillary's Goldman Sachs? You know, like I said, you're a Washington insider as well as a Wall Street insider. How come, you know, talk about of substance, how come, you know, she's calling for his tax returns and he said he's smart not paying taxes, which is stupid. But anyway. But that's yeah. good. It's a good question. Why, because why what, doesn't he go after her Goldman and, Sachs And talks? what happens to Wall Street yeah. if he gets elected? Well, okay. Uh, and that's one of the things I propose in my book. I said he's got to make 10 great deals. One is a peace deal with Putin and begin to unwind the cost of this massive defense and arms race. Another one that I talk about, though, is... Uh, um, a revival of Glass-Steagall, I call it a super Glass-Steagall deal, to really break up the big banks and uh, ensure that we never have the kind of uh, financial meltdown casino, uh, caused casino. by a casino that we had before. Now, I think if he presses that issue, and he did embrace a uh, revival of Glass-Steagall, which is kind of a surrogate for reigning in Wall Street and the banks. He did embrace that in the Republican platform. He wanted, he pushed it in, he forced it in. Uh, the Powell's didn't necessarily want it. And I think in the next day, debate, he ought to go after that. But, but, let, me, to, but let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think the American public is even above the Jerry Springer show to understand what Glass-Steagall means? 
Uh, no, but they understand <laughs> what Wall Street means. They understand what raiding in the casino and the gambling is all about. They understand if you get paid $250,000 for a 20-minute speech that apparently was never even written down or uh, recorded, that, uh, you know, it's not all on the level, right? So that's why you so, say the media is after him, too, because they don't ask those other questions. No, I mean, if, it were, if the shoe were on the other foot, they would be after him relentlessly. It, they would be hounding him. But instead, they go after his taxes. And, you know, I think he's screwing up on that. He ought to just oh, put God. his tax returns out and get it over with. I've been in finance uh, half of my life, and I've never met one big real estate tycoon <laughs> that pays ever taxes. paid that ever paid any income taxes because they all have this massive amount of debt and there was the deductibility of interest and depreciation amortization building okay yeah. now i'm not saying it's good or bad but to go back to the 1970s uh and uh, but people make, don't know that they don't know that it's uh, the 1970s what i'm trying to say, say mr like... stockman is i don't think the american public has it between their ears uh, well, I don't There's know. Maybe the there. public, maybe the public's getting what it deserves, but you know, I kind of think not. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, if someone would only tell the public the truth, they it might uh. actually respond. And I think that's one of the appeals that Trump has, whether he yeah. knows as much as he should, uh, and he's learning very quickly. Let me tell you, he is learning very quickly. Uh, and I'll make another point on that before we go. But they at least have the sense that he's trying to tell the truth, that he's not just dishing out the same old uh, party line out of the playbook that Hillary can read and recite from memory so well. <laughs> Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki. We're talking to David Stockman. He was Ronald Reagan's budget director, but his unique purview of the world. He's also worked on Wall Street with Salman Brothers as well as BlackRock, very prestigious organizations. And his latest book is Trump. His prior book was called The Great Deformation. And as he says, we're in trouble. Uh, any final comments? Well, I'd, I'd like to ask, David, for our listeners and for our U.S. voters, what tips do you have for them? What should they be doing? What should they be paying attention to? What's well, your... uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty uh, evident what the choices are in this race. They're uh, highly imperfect. But if you think we need more wars, more debt, more financial bubbles, more, more entitlements, uh, then vote for Hillary. If you want to take a chance, and it's a chance and it's a risk, uh, that maybe uh, we can change directions or at least slow down the machine then uh, obviously uh, the choice is Trump. I happen to be a voter in uh, Colorado, which is looks like it's on the cusp of being one of the uh, couple states that's going to determine the outcome. Yes. So I'm going to vote early and often uh, for Trump, <laughs> as they used to say in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, David Stockman, I, you know, you want, you're the best. I really thank you for the courage. Again, I said I asked you, how much did Harvard Divinity School affect your life? I don't think, you know, you haven't lost your soul yet, which seems to have happened in Washington as well as in Wall Street. So thank you for your contribution. Thank you for your courage. And thank you for uh, saying what you see and what you know. David Stockman has been our guest. And one, one more time, David has a unique perspective on the world, having both been Reagan's, President Reagan's budget director as well as working with Solomon Brothers, as well as BlackRock. And BlackRock is a very prestigious investment banking group. So 
we've made a lot of money with them too. They're a good company. But anyway, so David's talk from his latest book has trumped, and it's really not about Trump. It talk, it's about flyover America. It's about the 90% of America that's being screwed by the people on the East Coast, the political elites on the East Coast, and the political elites on the West Coast. So Trump is really not about Hillary or Donald, although he does mention them a lot, but it's why you need to be very, very careful on the next few days. Any comments, Kim? David started the show with a really important point, and he said, and I, I think actually Trump should use this in talking about the flyover, the 90%, because he says, David says that the real net worth of the bottom 90% over the last 30 years has not increased at all, but the top 1% has increased 300%, and the real wealth of Forbes 400 has risen by 1,000%. Why doesn't Trump start with that? Because that will really rile up that 90%. And he also talks about that, you know, it's not, I mean, the issues are important like illegal immigration and bad trade deals, but that's not really the cause of the problem. And the real elephant in the room is bad Washington policy and the Fed. And Wall, and Wall Street. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So what's the first question, Melissa? Our first question today comes from Andrew in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Do you think if Trump is elected, he will make radical changes with the Fed, starting with firing Janet Yellen? Well, let me answer this question this way. Years and years ago, I went to the seminar, and he said the problem with most people is they sit around in their houses, and their house is on fire. And they discuss the length of men's mustaches. Okay? So that's one of those stupid questions. You're asking a question that there is no real answer to until it happens. The more important question is what are you going to do? You see, whether or not Trump gets elected or not and all this, if he tries to fire Yellen, it's going to be a mess. But the question is, as David Stockman is saying right now, we're in an emergency today. The question is, what are you going to do? And I get personally sick and tired of people talking about the length of men's mustaches when their house is on fire. Look, understand this. Right now, interest rates have never been negative before. What does that mean to you, sitting in your house, smoking your weed, wondering what's going to happen? Okay, stock market is completely out of control right now because the Fed keeps goosing it up. Are you still going to invest for the long term and do as Wall Street tells you to do? Are you still going to save money? And as David Stockman said, you know, your taxes are about to go through the roof. So, que pasa? What are you going to do? You're going to discuss Janet Yellen or Bernanke or the length of men's mustaches? That is really stupid. So the reason we have this program is for you to ask the question of yourself. Are you still saving money? Are you still going back to school to get a job? Are you still investing for the long term, as Wall Street tells you to do, in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds? Is that what you're doing? Well, then you'd better re-listen to this program. Any comments, Kim? Well, yeah, I, I, along those lines, I mean, David Stockman even said, if Trump gets elected, there's probably going to be some chaos. And if Hillary gets elected, it's going to be the status quo and worse. But more importantly, what you're no, saying is— it's going to come down anyway. Yes. But what you're saying, too, is whatever happens 
is going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's not going to affect you personally immediately anyway. So or talk it, about it is something about, you can do. It is about what you're going to do personally for yourself and for your family because whatever happens whether it's Trump or Hillary is not going to impact you in the in the short term and probably in the long term it really is up to you it's Kim it what? will it will affect you if your Trump- taxes are going to go up your <laughs> savings are going to get ripped off and the stock market is probably going to get crashed well that's not going to affect me you probably lose your job that all will affect you somehow along the way it will affect you i don't know how you can say it's not going to affect you well, you, I'm trying to make the point that you're making, which is you've got to go out there and do something and not wait for something to happen. in Whatever's going to happen in politics in the immediate short term really is not going to have a major impact on a person's life. Not in the short term. In the long term. That's not my opinion at all. Okay. 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 Next question. <laughs> Our next question comes from Kevin in Brisbane, Australia. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. When, in your opinion, is this crash likely to occur? Jim Rogers said six to 18 months last time he was on the show. Do you have a similar estimate? It doesn't make any difference because it's already happening. Please wake up, you guys. Interest rates have gone since I was in college from 15% to negative 0.05. That's a crash. People have no idea what negative interest rates mean. It means that the biggest pension plans, government pension plans like CalPERS out of California, are going to go bust. Anybody who is counting on a pension is getting screwed. All savers are being screwed right now. It's already happening. Oil prices have dropped from 140 to $40. That's causing Russia to go bankrupt, exactly as Stockman said. That means there's going to be a war. Because all, all these leaders have to create a war to take the problems off of the real issue, which is a falling economy. Unemployment is going to keep going up, especially if the rest of the world collapses. Hanjin, the seventh largest shipping company in the world, just declared bankruptcy because world trade is stopping. It's coming to a halt. So how in the world can you sit there and go, oh, what if it happens? It's already crashing. Look at the millions of Syrians and people from Somalia and all that who are running with nothing but the shirt on their back. Look at what's happening. And World War III is not that big yet, but it's called terrorism. The terrorist problem is not going away because you cannot bomb a terrorist into oblivion. I learned that the hard way in Vietnam. We couldn't kill the Viet Cong because the Viet Cong had nothing to destroy. They had no factories, they had no harbors, they had no boats. All they had was a philosophy. They wanted America out of Vietnam. So I don't know where people are at, but, oh, is this crash coming? You know, I mean, it really is time to wake up and grow up and start to study. I would read Stockman's books. The real war going on is with currency, you know. And then we have this guy Trump right now who is trying to negotiate better trade deals, but the U.S. media goes after him. Why is that? So those are more important questions than the length of men's mustaches, which is where most people are at. If you actually believe what Obama is saying and Hillary is saying, then you're not that bright a person. I would be very careful what they say and what Trump says.
But it's gotten so bad. The reason we play Jerry Springer's theme song is because when it comes down to Trump calling women fat, which is really stupid to do, and Hillary talking about, I don't know what she, oh, you know, they don't talk about Obamacare, how it's wiping out people's health care right now. They don't talk about the deficit. And Lester Holt goes after Trump about some, you know, the moderator goes after Trump. What is going on with America? Those are questions that are affecting you today. As that's why David Stockman wrote the book, Trump. It's about you and me. 